0: Said we are, um, we were supposed to be starting a new series in on expectations. I'm really excited about that series, and so if you, um, uh, I'm hoping you can join us. Uh, and last week we talked about seven things that we were hoping to take into 2021, right? So, so it was kind of like a buffer before the series. That, that's just how it works. And uh, someday, if you want, I'll show you my calendar that we plan these series out months ahead. Uh, but we haven't been able to because we don't know what's happening months ahead. We don't even know what's happening days ahead. And so it was just very funny to me, not not the, the event, but it was funny to me that I did, I had everything all planned out. Seven things we bring into 2021, and then we go into our, our series. And then I think it was Monday. Monday happened, okay? So I preached on Sunday, and then Monday 2021 came in a vengeance. And so... Uh, we talked about that And uh, so I, I decided to hold that off And talk a little bit about um, Unexpected things Talk a little bit about deserts Talk a little bit about uh, lamenting And experiencing the desert For many of you, you watched on television As uh, the capital was vandalized And was stormed And your heart broke uh, mine, mine did, I know that and it, it, it leaves a whole lot of questions and, and I'll let the political pundits take care of all that because I'm not like that great a political guy of like what happens next and all, all those things. But the question that I had for myself was, how long is this desert going to last? <laughs> so I have, um, you know, we have staff meetings every Tuesday or whatever. And uh, when COVID hit, I think I've told you this already, I, um, I wrote on our whiteboard uh, uh, that six weeks, I wrote six weeks, I, I put a date and I signed my name. So I was like owning it. COVID is going to last six weeks because I've been through the bird flu, SARS, hoof and mouth disease, like all these things. They always come. It, you know, a different flu each season is going to wipe out everybody, and it never really happens, so I put six weeks. So I, I'm owning, obviously, the fact that I'm an idiot, but, uh, but I did it, and I wrote six weeks. And so six weeks comes, and then eight weeks come, and then there's no toilet paper, and then everything just kind of deteriorates, and here, and here we are. And if you're not in California, in California we're completely shut down for the most part. So uh, that's what happened. And so, you know, what started out as kind of an eye roll for me, a lot of you took this seriously and were totally on it, and uh, good for you, you're super smart. Um, What started as an eye roll then became like, whoa, and then, you know, as numbers keep surging and all those things, we're asking ourselves, how long is this desert gonna last? And we then have the events of last week, and we go, I don't know if you're like me, but it's just kind of this sigh of what's, what's going on? And that's not our only desert. Many of you are going through a different kind of desert. Uh, maybe you're going through a financial desert right now. You are looking at your bank account. Maybe you can't work. Maybe you were in, uh, again, I'm just speaking from the California context. You are in uh, the food service industry, and that's being set aside. It's takeout only, and your tips were the thing that paid you. So you're like in this financial desert. Maybe for you, you're in a relational desert. Maybe being shoved back into your home with your family or your spouse or whatever, you're encountering many different things that uh, you wish weren't true, and maybe you're realizing that in a lot of ways, it was nicer when you could just leave and go to work, or she could leave and go to work, or whatever it it is, and you find yourself in a relational desert. Maybe you're, you're in such a bad desert that you even begin to talk about if this is even going to continue Maybe you're in a health desert maybe, maybe for you Just being at home is just not healthy for you, you You're eating too much Or uh, there, there's a substance issue Or whatever And just being isolated and alone Just feels this big weight of oppression upon you And you're trying to get out Maybe, maybe someone in your family uh, Has contracted COVID And you're in that desert Or maybe, God forbid, someone in your family Has actually uh, died from the disease maybe that's your desert maybe for you it's uncertainty maybe for you it's um, just the sense of um, hopelessness will will it ever will it ever happen well what i want to do this morning is talk about um, the most famous desert experience in the bible and that's when the israelites were wandering through the desert which was supposed to take six weeks Like, Moses wrote it on a whiteboard at a staff meeting, and it ended up taking 40 years. So just to kind of give you a little insight on the book of Exodus, um, so Genesis comes before Exodus, and Genesis ends, and the way Genesis ends is that, um, oh, these aren't changing. I don't know why. No big deal, it's just a big deal. Sorry about that. We're, we're still getting through all of our technology as we move forward. Well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Uh, okay, well, let me just go past. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Okay, so the way that the book of Exodus goes is... Uh, the. Genesis ends, and Abraham, they they have this Abrahamic covenant. And basically what Abraham, what is promised to Abraham is that they would be a light unto all the nations so that um, that the Israelites would just prosper, and they would follow their heavenly father, and their heavenly father would give them things to do, uh, and that they would end up doing it. And so uh, they go, uh, Genesis ends, and then there's 400 years that the Israelites are still in Egypt. And what ends up happening is the Israelites, uh, they're there, and there's a Pharaoh, and he starts to realize, man, there's too many of these people. If we don't don't take control of them, if I don't abuse my power, then they're going to take over. And that's oftentimes what happens when someone abuses their power. It comes not out of a position of strength, but out of a position of weakness and fear. And so uh, so he decides he's going to enslave them, which he does. He, he, he denies their humanity. He enslaves them, and uh, he makes it really, really difficult for them. And then the final thing that he does is he says, any male that is born, the Egyptian midwife was to kill. And so this was happening. So you could just imagine the pain and the suffering and the fact that that they were giving birth to what, what should have been this joyous moment was snatched away from them because of this abusive power. So Moses' mom decides to put him in a basket and float him down the Nile River. And uh, so he he she does that and he's jamming along in his in his basket, it's like covered in pitch, and he's jamming along, and he runs into no other than Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter sees this baby and picks it up, and for whatever reason, we don't know, um, is allowed to keep keep the baby. And so Moses grows up with Pharaoh, with the power structure. He grows up in the whole thing, gets educated, gets all the things that you would want if you were in with Pharaoh. And that's what what happens. And so uh, uh, he's there, and he realizes that he's Hebrew. He's Hebrew. He understands maybe by the color of his skin or maybe somebody tells him how he was found or whatever. But he makes that connection and he goes out one day and he sees an Egyptian, uh, a person in power beating one of the slaves, the Hebrew slaves. And they get into a scuffle and uh, Moses kills the guy. And so Moses kills him, and uh, it gets out that he killed him, and so Moses has to flee. And for 40 years, Moses was in the wilderness uh, tending sheep. That was his 40-year Uncertainty. When is it going to change? Why hasn't God done anything with his people? Like, why does it have to go like this? I thought there was a covenant that Abraham, that was made to Abraham that the people of Israel were going to follow God's commandments and then be a light unto the nations. And that's not what happens. And so Moses is going around tending sheep and doesn't really know what's going on in Egypt anymore because he had to flee. And he comes upon a burning bush. And God says to him, Take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. Now, you know, sometimes I tend to read too much into the Bible because I just think that God acts differently than we think he does. So we say, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, and this is some type of way to humiliate Moses or humble him or whatever. But if the ground truly is holy, I believe that God is asking Moses to remove anything that would get In the way between he and his Heavenly father that his Actual feet his actual flesh Would touch that ground Because god loves him so much And here's What he says the lord said I have indeed seen The misery of my people in egypt I have heard Them crying out because of their Slave drivers and i'm Concerned about their Suffering first thing i want to talk to you about whatever desert you are in right now you know there's one other desert that i didn't i failed to mention that i want to make sure i mention you might be in a desert because of the color of your skin you might be a person of color and the way you experience life is completely different than the way i experience life for whatever reason there's several right and so for you getting out of that desert, well, you can't get out of your skin, right? But you have to experience it through that. The, the word I would have for you or anybody who's in any type of a desert is this. He knows, he sees, and he hears, and he understands. Now, the, the very first question I would ask, because I ask it about myself when I'm in a desert, hey, <laughs> that's great that you know. It's great that you hear, and it's great that you care. But I'm still in the desert. I'm still experiencing life in a way that I don't want to experience it. But he goes on, he says, I'm concerned about uh, their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, if we, I see your, your enslavement And your issue, and I'm going to move you out of that into a land flowing with milk and honey. And we'll see in just a little bit how that idea of a land flowing with milk and honey can actually be something that takes us away. This goal of being out of the desert takes us away from experiencing God in the actual desert. And this is God's, so uh, this is God's idea. And so, um, what ends up happening is uh, Moses goes to Pharaoh and uh, he says, Hey, uh, you know, God says to let all the Israelites go. <laughs> but you can imagine Pharaoh is in this position of power. He's getting free labor, uh, which mostly is what brings slavery any, anywhere in the world, is the idea of being able to have free labor. And so, uh, he he has this free labor force, he's, everything's going great, he's Pharaoh, okay, and then this guy Moses comes, and Pharaoh laughs at him, essentially, and Moses puts down his staff, and it becomes a snake, and then his m- magician people put down their staffs, and they become snakes, which always kind of freaked me out, I don't like snakes, but then Moses' snake eats all their snakes, and then it becomes a staff again in his hand. Okay, just as a side note, just giving you some idea. If the stick I had became a snake, I would get another stick, okay? I don't, I don't, because who knows when it's going to become a snake? I just don't want to play with that. So that's what happens. Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and so seven plagues come down. Frogs and locusts, and the river turns into blood, and uh, um, and then there's just all this the boils and stuff like that it's just gross and so all of a sudden it ends with the firstborn of every house that doesn't have the blood of the lamb on it uh perishes and that's what does it for pharaoh because pharaoh loses a son and so he says get him out of here and not only do they leave but they leave with the wealth the gold of the people that we're enslaving them because they're just like almost like an offering to Yahweh. Just get out. We don't care. We don't want you coming back. Just get out. And so they do. And they get a little ways and uh, they get to the Red Sea and um, there they are. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh's heart is hardened both by himself and by God. So just kind of embracing the evil. And so what God does is he takes evil and he lets it go and destroy itself. And so here's what what happens. They're at the Red Sea and they're scared because they can see the Egyptians coming. And maybe that's you at this point. Maybe for you, I'm just going to talk to conservatives right now because you lost an election and you lost it in all the house and senate and the white house right so you're you look at the world from the standpoint of like oh oh no because of your belief system and i get that and the reason i can talk so openly about it is because living spring has its democrat and republican yes we actually can get along and worship together who who knew okay so so we have this unity in the church, but then we have different ideologies of how the government should be run, and that's fine. But you might at this particular time go, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Maybe maybe for you, your, um, your desert is a relationship that is just barely hanging on by a thread, and an email comes, or a text comes, or a phone call comes, and you say, what am I going to do? So here's what happens? As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching on them. And they were terrified, and they cried out to God, tr- cried out to the Lord. That is the best place for you to be, is where you're in a position. Yes, you're in the desert. Yes, you're in the valley of the shadow of death. But you fear no evil because he is what? With you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you right? And so you cry out to God, but here's the warning I want to give to you while you're in this desert of 2020 and 2021, and who knows what's going to happen, right? Is what they do next. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? See, what they did was they moved from crying out to God to blaming others and that is a natural response we find ourselves in the desert and then we say God I don't know how long I can do this God I need your help God I need your help and then you go why am I in here in the first place and then you start to look around Oh, it's the conservatives, it's the Republicans, it's the Democrats, it's social media. Oh, it's this, it's that, I, it's the credit card company. Like, whatever desert you're in, isn't it, isn't it true? I, I know I do this, where you begin to blame other people. They, they could have just kept crying out to God. That There's no difference. Complaining to Moses, talking to Moses does nothing. Blaming Moses does nothing for them, right? It just distracts him. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better, listen to this, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Listen to how Moses answered. Don't be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance, what? Of the Lord. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians... You see today, you will never see again. And by the way, for those of you who are watching online and there's no slides, um, I will post all these uh, online so that you can have access to them. You can go through them yourself. If you want to follow along, we're in Exodus 14, 13. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and you'll see the deliverance of the Lord. Isn't that hard to do when you're in bondage, when you're in a situation where you feel trapped? Many, many of you this week because of some events of some other people who lack sense, we're, we're fearful. And so we we can blame them, and there are people who definitely deserve blame, but that has nothing to do with my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Listen, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So when we're in our desert experience, when we're in a situation where we Uh, Are trying to understand um, What God is doing And why is it taking so long I would totally have Preferred my six week Thing, I'm not an epidemiologist Okay, neither are you, so get off me Anthony Well, unless you're Anthony Fauci and you're watching This, this is, good to see you Tony, glad you're here, fill out your online Connection card, the Lord will fight For you, you only need to be Still, and so, what ends up Happening is, uh there's a, they, the Egyptians get swallowed up, and Moses gets going. They, they sing a song of uh, praise uh, to God, and uh, they, this is the first time we see this idea of salvation, which is being rescued from danger, and so uh, God had actually saved them. And what ends up happening is they end up on the other side of the Nile, and they're basically still in the desert, So they go from being in uh, Egypt to being in the desert. And they end up by this mountain, Mount Sinai. And, And the thing that God wants most... Is to be in their presence, to be together with them, to be their God, and He, they would be His people. This was the idea all along, from Genesis one one, that God created the heavens and the earth, and He creates Adam and He creates Eve, and it's this idea that we're supposed to be in relationship with God, and it gets it gets wrecked, and so, uh, so they end up at at Mount Sinai, and uh, what ends up uh, happening is they're in the they're in they're at mount sinai and um god's presence shows up and it's scary okay as you can imagine thunder lightning well you know you got this pillar of fire and this this cloud and uh god says to uh he uh, says come on up up to the mountain. Moses says to the people, hey, are you going to do whatever God says? They're like, yay. Okay, come on up the mountain. Boo. So they, they, because they're scared. So they don't want to go up the mountain, so they don't. So Moses goes up by himself. He meets God, and he comes down, and his face is just like completely transformed. It frightens everybody. While he was gone, they create an idol. Here's the second point I have. The first is our ability to blame others for pretty much everything. Our, my second point is this. When we are in the desert, when there is uncertainty, we will be tempted to create idols. I'm going to talk to Democrats right now. You won, okay? Got your people in. They're all over the place. If your reaction is, oh good, now everything will be great, you've created an idol, okay? People, humans empower abuse it, okay? Now maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe this will be the land flowing with milk and honey, and we'll all be great, and everything will be fine. But it's a trap that you can obviously see, potentially, that we end up idolizing whoever's in power. We end up idolizing, so for example, if you grew up in poverty, so I I grew up without much, one of the idols that I struggle with is um, security. I I, I want to make sure everything's okay. What's with a bank account like? What's this like? What's that like? Because I don't like uncertainty. I like security. Because I was in a desert, and now I'm out, right? And now I'm beginning, I can have the potential to create idols. You might do it in your relationships. Maybe you've been alone. Maybe maybe you've been single, and that's your desert. Like for you, you, you want to have a, a partner for life, and so you... And so that becomes an idol And you begin to just shift How you see God And so They get out They they do the idol God says I want these people gone He's going to wipe them out And Moses drops to his knees And says God remember your promise That you're not going to leave us Remember your promise That we're going to become a great nation And God listens to him And then in 16 In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole community. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Now, this is the third thing. One, we blame others. Two, we create idols. Three, we glorify the past. It was so great back in the day. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. That is not what was happening. They made bricks. And, and they actually would make it harder for them to make bricks. And they'd feed them less. They were slaves. But you've brought us out here in the desert to starve to death, to starve this entire assembly to death. So here's what, here's what happens. The Lord says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Like, I didn't just take you out. I didn't just lead you. Now I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So God is using this desert experience To train them. Let me ask you this question as you go through your desert experience. How is this shaping you to become more like Jesus? How how are the events of this week and the events of the weeks prior and the events of 2020? How are you different? How do you view your situation? Is it being wasted by anxiety? Is it being wasted by fear? Or are you being drawn to your heavenly father? Another time, they were thirsty for water. This is a cha- just the next chapter. So they get their bread. Now they need water. But the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us uh, and our children and livestock die of thirst? And so God does this really cool thing, and he, he takes Moses, and there's this rock, and he tells him to strike the rock. And one of the cool things about the story, I didn't write it down because we didn't have time. Mo- God has not only Moses go out to talk to the people, but the elders with him. And I believe that was to make the statement that it's not just Moses. It's not just one person. That the, the elders represented the, the, the people. And there's this community of faith that's operating through all of this together. And so he includes the elders. So, how do we wrap this up? I want to wrap it up with another book of the Bible where they're about to enter the promised land. So let's say the vaccine works. Let's say the next party is the greatest party ever. This is the greatest four years that have ever We've ever been blessed with half of you can't believe that could possibly happen. Half of you are like, well, yeah So I get that. Okay, but let's just say It's the greatest god has a warning for us as we step out of the desert into our promised land God has a warning for you When you step out of your desert of singleness and you get married or you step out of your desert of being in debt And now you're in comfort or now you're in security God has a warning for you and for me don't forget don't forget as you know probably most of you are uh, out there with you. Uh, Lisa and I went through a desert with our son struggling with epilepsy hundreds of seizures we go through this whole long thing we did everything we could doctors medication everything and it's like finally we, we do brain surgery And for the most part, it's been great. It's worked. We can't forget that in while it looked hopeless, as as a matter of fact, if it never changed, if the surgery didn't take place, our Heavenly Father was with us. A pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. Because His number one goal is to have this tabernacle, to have this Presence, Where he walks with his people Even when they're walking through the desert So he says this Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today So they're about ready to enter into the, into the promised land So that you may live and increase And may enter the, and possess the land the Lord promised On oath to your ancestors Remember how the Lord your God Led you all the way in the wilderness These 40 years That Moses wrote six weeks on his whiteboard, and he's an idiot, and it took longer than that, to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. In other words, this is just a whole new thing. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone. This actual scripture Jesus quotes when he's being tempted by the enemy in the desert another desert experience but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord observe the commands of the Lord your God walking in obedience to him and revering him for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land and I do believe that for some of you as you've been experiencing your desert maybe for your entire life I have no idea Change is coming, that there is a land ahead. And even if it's still in the desert, it might just be different because you're closer to your Heavenly Father and your circumstances look different. He says, When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Then he gives this warning Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you th- this day. And he goes on to this warning that if you, if you do this, if you, if you forget, then your heart will become proud and you'll forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He says, otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, you may say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. I'll just talk to Americans. Uh, This is a real deal for us. You know, if if everything turns back around from COVID, right? Businesses open up. Again, I can only speak from a California context of just like, you know, and it's just like, wow, and the economy goes, and everything's going great, and you're super comfortable. Be careful. Be very careful. The Lord wants you to remember this time. The Lord doesn't want to waste 2020. He doesn't want to waste the beginning of 2021 as the worship band comes back up. He goes on, he says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant, which He swore to your ancestors as it is today. I don't know what your desert is. I mentioned a bunch um, But you know better than me. You know better than anybody what that desert might be for you. It might be something obscure. Your desert might be something that you tell it to somebody and they say, oh, that's nothing. Don't don't let them do that. God wants to meet you in the desert. He wants that presence in the desert. He wants to commune with you. He wants you to grow. He doesn't want it to be wasted. Don't let anyone just shove off what you're experiencing. And so as we finish with this last song, and uh, the worship band leads us. Maybe God has some, something to say to you during that time. And what we typically do is we just, some, some of us will participate in the song and you might want to sing along with it. Um, and some of you might uh, just be in a con- uh, contemplative uh, uh, posture. Where you're just like okay God The desert hasn't Been fixed yet the slavery hasn't Been fixed yet but I want to Find you in it teach me How to do that Lord Jesus We love you and Thank you that you're always with us You never forsake us And um, that no matter what our Circumstances are you're there God I pray as we enter into a new chapter In 2021 as Um those of us Who uh call the U.S. our home. Uh, Jesus, I uh, pray that we wouldn't lose sight of the things we went through in 2020, the things we found important um, in our relationship with you. So, Lord, we thank you for that. I pray you'd speak to your people. I pray you'd speak to the people who don't even identify as your people. They're They're just watching, and maybe they're new to the Bible. Maybe they're new to being a follower of Jesus even new to that thought pray speak to them as well in Jesus name, amen now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit I pray that you'd go in his peace I pray that you'd go in his strength in his joy and especially his presence in Jesus name, amen have a great week and we will see you next Sunday